0: True faith, the genuine indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives, should yield good works, which involves helping our fellow man in their needs. We are to be concerned about the needs of the people that surround us. If a person is selfish and only thinks about what they want to do, or they're only concerned about fulfilling their will, quite frankly, they don't have the faith that can save them. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about the works that show our faith. Salvation is through God's grace based on faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. But God established that there must be good works as a result. God created mankind to serve Him, and through Jesus Christ, He gives us the opportunity to form part again of that original purpose. But if a person never comes to realize the purpose God made them for, there can be no salvation. We're not saved just so we can do our selfish will. We are saved through Jesus Christ for good works. Today's message is inspired on Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessed be your name hallowed and glorified be your name your kingdom come lord god your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven blessed are you o lord god for your love your grace and your mercy for the salvation that we can have through your son jesus christ heavenly father i pray o god that you please forgive my sins heavenly father always remember us in your mercy and in your grace because we depend on them for everything I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you may help us through your Holy Spirit. Understand, O Lord, that it is not just about faith, but that we need to do your will. We need to look to do those things that bring you honor and glory. That we were created with a purpose, and that we must fulfill that purpose through your Son, Jesus Christ. Guide us, O Lord, and help us to understand In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's key passage is in Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. This is the word of the Lord. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of these least of my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison? and did not minister to you? then he will answer them saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Does salvation consist of faith or works? If we look at the scriptures, we would need to say that salvation does consist of both. But what is important to understand is that there is an order. Having good works all by themselves cannot save a person, because if that were the case, then the sacrifice on the cross would not be as vital. But here is the clarification that we do need to make based on the scriptures. And that is that salvation is through faith, but there must be a product. As followers of Jesus Christ, our lives must produce a product. We were made with a definite purpose, And here is where we do see that good works do matter and that they are essential in the life of the believer, but as a result of their faith in Christ. If we look at Ephesians chapter two, we see that salvation and good works are indeed tied together. For it says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. All of us love this fact that we are saved by grace and that salvation is, is through Jesus Christ. But a lot of believers for some reason cut out or fail to mention the following verse where it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so yes, we are saved by grace and through faith, but there is a purpose for our salvation. It's not about finding faith in Christ and just living your life however you see fit after that. It's not about carrying on with your own will or worse, thinking that God is here to serve you and to give you according to all your wins and desires. We were created and made by God, created in Christ Jesus for good works. That is the purpose of our existence. If you ever wanted to know the why you exist, this is it. This is the purpose of our existence. God made us for himself and through Jesus Christ, He made it possible to restore that original purpose that we had disengaged from, if you will, because of our sin. Our sin separated us from the Lord, and that sin ruined the purpose of our existence. But through his grace and mercy and through the vehicle of faith, we can find that original purpose yet again. We can be restored to do what we were meant to do. So what is supposed to happen? As we mentioned before, there is a definite order in the matter. What salvation must first do in the life of a believer is cause love for the Lord. We need to remember that Christ didn't come to do away with the law, but to fulfill it. When we talk about the law of Moses, we're not talking about physical and traditional practices, but of the part that still remains and will remain for all eternity, that we need to love the Lord with everything we are, and that we need to love our neighbors as ourselves. The Lord Jesus Christ created these concepts quite clearly. And here is where we see the order. We must first learn to love the Lord, and then as a product of that love for the Lord, we need to learn how to love our neighbor. Our love for the Lord must produce love for our neighbor. This is what we read in Mark chapter 12, where it says, Jesus answered him. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So you see, it is quite clear. There is a first commandment. And that first commandment must yield the second commandment as a product. Both are essential. They are necessary for salvation. Both need to be fulfilled. We just need to get the order right, founded on grace and faith. Now, who is our neighbor? The Lord explained quite well who our neighbor is. In Luke chapter 10, it tells us this. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. So you see, we need to do both of these commandments in order to inherit or have eternal life, in order to be saved. But let's continue looking at the explanation of who is our neighbor. So it continues saying, But he, the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever you more spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. And so who is our true neighbor? The person that helps us in our moment of need without having any obligation to do so. And who is the prime example of that? The Lord Jesus Christ. God is our most excellent neighbor. God did things for us that no one else can do, and he did it without any kind of obligation. We need to remember that God does not owe us a thing. That is the nature and definition of the term grace. It's a gift. God does not owe us our existence, yet he wills it. God did not owe us the sacrifice of his only begotten son, yet he gave the Lord Jesus Christ to be a sacrifice for us so that we could have eternal life. And so we need to love the Lord with everything we are because of who he is and also because he is our neighbor. But we understand through this explanation also that we need to be a neighbor to those that are in dire need. The man that was robbed and left half dead needed help and the Samaritan gave him that help. And we are to do the same because of our love to and for God and as a product of our faith, we are to help people in need. This is what we are taught through the word in James chapter 2, where it says, What does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know a foolish man that faith without works is dead? So you see, we are taught through the scriptures that true faith, the genuine indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives should yield good works, which involves helping our fellow man in their needs. We are to be concerned about the needs of the people that surround us. If a person is selfish and only thinks about what they wanna do, or they're only concerned about fulfilling their will, quite frankly, they don't have the faith that can save them. And that is one of the greatest problems we have today in our Christian community. There is a lot of apathy. Most people are more interested And what they want to get out of God, then how they can devote themselves to do his will. Most people treat the Lord as their servant, to serve their needs, wants, and desires, than looking to do what he desires we should be doing. Most people are selfish. A lot of people think that being spiritual or doing spiritual things or even being pious is what God wants them to do. And many people think that because they're doing things for their loved ones, for their family and friends, is that they are involved with doing good works. But that is not necessarily what God is looking for. Similar to the Good Samaritan, God's will is for us to be like him, to do things that he does. And that involves going out of our way for people we owe nothing to. The Samaritan helped a stranger, a person he knew nothing about, a person that had no history with the other. The Samaritan just helped the person that was clearly in dire need. The man was left half dead, laying on the ground, stripped of everything he had. What do you think would have happened to that man that was left half dead if the Samaritan didn't help him? He would have probably died. The Bible teaches that we must bear fruit as followers of Jesus Christ. And the fruit that the Bible talks about involves the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, we see these fruits of the Spirit where it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, are these things that someone just needs to say that they have them and that's it? The only way these things can be seen is through works. We need to show God and our neighbor that we love them, through our works. True joy can only be expressed by sharing it with someone. Long-suffering or patience can be exhibited by using it on someone or with someone, and so on. The fruit of the Spirit can only be visible through our actions. God wants to see action in our lives as a product of our faith. This is what James said again, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. The Lord Jesus Christ made the challenge even greater, speaking in very human and mundane terms. He said that we should love our enemies. Now that's hard, right? He wants for us to help those people that have wronged us, that have done bad things to us. Look at what the Lord said in Matthew chapter five. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. This is God's will. This is what he wants for us to do. This is who he wants for us to be a neighbor to. Is it difficult? Is it almost impossible? You bet it is. But this is what the Holy Spirit will lead us to do. This is what the Lord requires us to do. Now the Lord said, therefore you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. Now what does that mean? That we should consider that whether we have sinned a lot or a little because of our sins, we are by nature God's enemies. Some might say, how can I be God's enemy? When we have not repented and converted from all of our sins before the Lord, we remain in enmity with him. People are his enemies, no matter how good they think they are. This is where we find grace through Jesus Christ. The only way we can come close to God the Father is through the Lord Jesus Christ, but only by repenting and converting from all of our sins, by leaving our sinful life behind completely and making Jesus Christ the Lord of our lives. We must give our lives over to Him in order to belong to Him. We are not born children of God. Faith is what makes us children of God as it is written. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. God was incredibly good and merciful to us through his son, Jesus Christ. As a result of that faith, he wants for us to be good like Him, to show love to those that are our enemies, to show kindness to those in need and gentleness and patience and so on, to those that don't deserve it, just like He showed us those things being His enemies. These are the good works that we need to be involved with. Otherwise, the faith that a person proclaims to have is vain, superficial, and will not be honored by the Lord on Judgment Day. We need to do the will of the Father, and that is all about good works. That is the only way we can show the Lord and others around us what kind of faith we have. Notice that it mentions that people in that day will tell him that they prophesied and preached in his name and cast out demons in his name and even did many wonders or miracles in his name. And the Lord will still say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What does that mean? This brings us back to the foundation of everything, to loving God with everything we are. Our love for the Lord must be the main motivator for everything in our lives, the reason for our good works. If our intentions are not pure and right before him, if he is not the reason or the why in a person's life for why they do things, a person can do all kinds of spiritual things and even good works, but yet fall short of the kingdom of God. The why is what God is really after. And that is how good works count in our favor because God cares deeply about what we do. He cares about our actions. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, "'Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, And though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. What love is the Apostle Paul talking about here? About our love for the Lord? That is the love he is talking about. Whatever we do, we must do it because we have come to love the Lord. That must be the reason, the intent for why we do things as followers of Jesus Christ. Because finally, God will judge us, not just according to our works, but more importantly, for the intention we have in doing what we do. For it is written, in Jeremiah chapter 17, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. This is what the Lord is mainly after. So we can certainly say that salvation is about faith, about good works, and about both needing to be sincere in their intentions, because God will judge us accordingly, True faith in Jesus Christ should produce the right intentions in a person's heart that will ultimately generate the good works that God is looking for us to do, for us to fulfill the purpose of our existence. If a person does not fulfill the purpose for why God made them in the first place through Jesus Christ, they will not be saved. I am very certain that many of you that are listening are wondering, why does John usually wind up talking about salvation and faith and good works? And the reason is that the Holy Spirit reveals that there are many people talking about believers that quite honestly don't seem to get it right. And it's a big problem because it would be an awful thing for a person to live out something all of their life thinking that they are right. And come judgment day, Find out that they got it wrong. It's too big a risk to take lightly. Most believers think that faith in Jesus Christ allows people to just hop over the final judgment. But that is not true. Every single person will stand before Almighty God at the final judgment to give an account for what they have done, including believers. No one is going to get away from that. Our key passage today does not make a distinction between believers and unbelievers. It says that all the nations will be gathered before Him. That means everyone. And God is going to sort out who really did His will and who did not do His will. And so taking things lightly is a completely wrong approach. Not learning what salvation really consists of is a great irresponsibility. The Lord would not have wasted so much effort and sacrifice and allowing for His Word to be inspired by the Holy Spirit and coming together so a person can just think, all I have to do is just believe in God and that's it. All of God's truth is in the Scriptures and they must be taken as a whole to understand His will and of course to fulfill His will because, ladies and gentlemen, friends if a person does not do the will of the father they will not be allowed to enter the kingdom of god just as it is written not everyone who says to me lord lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father in heaven and so we need to get it right And the path is very clear in the scriptures that we are saved by faith through the grace of God, but that we are saved for a purpose, for a reason, for good works, which consists about doing the Father's will. We must be about the Father's business, just as Jesus said it. We are saved through Jesus Christ, but for good works. And the reason, the why, for why we do everything should be based on our love for the Lord and subsequently for our neighbor. That is what true faith is all about. True faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is about treating the Lord as who He is and doing what He tells us to do. But if that faith is not lived out in a person's life, if it is not genuine, if God cannot find what He is looking for in our lives as a product of that faith, then there is no salvation for that purpose. We have the hope that someday the Lord Jesus Christ is coming for his universal church, that he will take us up with him in the clouds. But the scriptures even say this, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? And this question is what mainly generates every single message that the Holy Spirit inspires. Is there true faith? Are people really living a true faith in Jesus Christ? I would urge you to make sure, because getting it wrong will be an eternal problem. Once this life is over, all opportunities are gone. There is no coming back. There is no asking God for another chance, for it is written, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment, and it is also written, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. True faith in Jesus Christ will always push us to look to do the Father's will while here in this body so we can be pleasing before the one that will judge us according to what we have done. So for your own sake, make sure you are living a true faith in Jesus Christ by having works that are generated by that true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy God, help us to understand, Lord God, what true faith really is. That we need to repent from all of our sins and to turn away from them. That we need to accept and make Jesus Christ the literal Lord of our lives and that we need to do your will as a result of that faith. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need to live this faith, that it can't just be from our mouths just coming out, but that there must be action. There must be things that you see in our lives that is different that you can see the flowing of your Holy Spirit through us, that you might be able to see the good works that you desire to see in our lives that we were made for ever since the beginning. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity that you give us through your Son, Jesus Christ, to come back to that original purpose so that we could fulfill your will and be with you forever. Lord God, help us to understand that this is the only way that we could have eternal life through Jesus Christ, is by fulfilling your will, by doing your will, just as your Son prayed. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.